the road to recovery. You might be cruising down it. A friend or family member lost on it. Or the road is, well, still under construction. Relevant Recovery Radio is about getting to that destination of normal health, mind, or strength. Now, Relevant Recovery Radio, here to give you the keys, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hello, welcome to this episode of Relevant Recovery Radio. I'm your host, Heather Mosier. I'm the bestest husband in the world, Donnie. (laughs) In studio with me is my husband, Donnie. Um, This show is sponsored by the Matthews Hope Foundation. We have a detox and recovery program called the Matthews Hope Detox and Recovery Program. It is inside St. Joseph's Hospital downtown with a free two-year aftercare program with recovery coaches and all sorts of amazing things. They sponsor this program. We're glad. (laughs) And uh, we have a special guest in studio with us today. He's my friend, Kevin Woods. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited. Kevin is the program coordinator for the Phoenix Houston chapter, and I'm so excited to align with what the Phoenix is doing. Kevin, tell us about the Phoenix Houston. What is it? Uh, So we're a sober active community. Uh, We believe that to... uh, to successfully go through recovery, we would like to have a community around us, yeah. an active community, where your physical health plays into your mental health, mm-hmm. which is able to, to increase your, your chances of, of, of continuing forward. So we host events all around the Houston area and, and nationwide where we bring people together and we do events such as rock climbing, uh, watercolor painting, bonfires, you name it. We do it. And so I, I love this. I follow the Phoenix on Facebook. Yeah. And I have the app downloaded. You'll have an app. We'll get yeah. to all those details later in the show. We want our listeners to be a part of this, especially if you're in Houston, because they do some amazing things in our community, all the way from like Tomball down to the Galveston Seawall. Yeah. That's like, what I was looking at. It looks like it's all, all over the city. Over, yeah. All over. All over. 50 something events this month, 52, I believe. And it's so cool. So we have at the Matthews Hope, we have alumni, and that I run the alumni program, and, and I always steal y'all's monthly calendar off Facebook and share it to text it to all my clients because I want them to be a part of it because it's so cool. Well, so, Colin from our home group was telling me that he's been yep. participating in this. Yep. And your friend, Sam. Yep. 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 Sam so, Reed. Yep. yep. <laughs> he's a good friend. Donnie's known him a long time. And, yep. and so um, I'm excited because, man, when I got sober, I did not understand how important the community and fellowship and being around people aspect was. I've always been like very a loner um, and it was I was very socially awkward uh, tons of social anxiety I struggled to even go to meetings um, I wish something like this had been around where I could say oh well wait a minute. I, I like actually restorative yoga let me go try this yoga class with people that are in recovery yeah, yeah same here yeah it's one of those things that uh, you know alcohol commercials for example they sell you the experience yeah they don't say the uh, the taste or the, the flavor yep. of the beverage so you think you got to have that to have a good environment or that the fun and stuff like that. And right. that's where we're trying to break that stigma. You can still have fun. You can have sober. tons of fun. God, I remember getting sober and that was like, that was the thing that you thought about. I, I got sober at 41 and I had been drinking and drugging since basically I was 13 or 14. That's a lot of years. That's a lot of years. You're really old. Listen. I'm sorry. <laughs> and you're with an old guy. <laughs> you know, but I mean. Sugar daddy. That's right. <laughs> You know, so that's the thing is that like when I got sober, that was what I was thinking about is what am I going to do now? How am I going to barbecue? How am I going to hang out with friends? You know, one I I hear all the time is like, how am I going to mow the yard? 
from guys. I hear that all the time. Bro, like not even kidding right now. Like <laughs> the times that I have thought about drinking, it's about that nice cold beverage while mowing the yard. Right. I mean, it's and just so, something that's there. So you're but, trying to figure out the experience in right. relation to How no alcohol. How am I going to drive without a drink? <laughs> oh my Road God. soda. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That was me. (laughs) And so does the Phoenix, I know that we're here to talk about the Houston chapter, but are there other locations? Because I think I've seen that y'all do a lot of other ones. Yeah, we're in 93 different cities across 30 different states. That's huge. How are you guys funded? Through grants and privately funded as well. Okay, okay. That's, no, that's amazing. Fantastic. Matthew's Hope is nonprofit too, and so we're funded yeah. in the same way. And so it's incredible to be part of other nonprofits, just trying to bring wellness and and fullness of life to the community. Yeah, partnership and and also the community outside of the event. So like everywhere that we host an event, they're graciously allowing us to come in and, mm-hmm. and have event. And there's some that that donate their time, like the yoga instru- uh, yoga instructors, CrossFit instructors. Everything is volunteer led. So each one of wow. our events, a volunteer is leading it. How so, cool. so if I show up at one of these things, like if I wanted to come to watercolor painting or oh, the driving range, what does that cost me to come participate? 48 hours of sobriety. What? So every one of our events is free as long as you have 48 hours of sobriety the day of the event. All right. I'll maybe show up to one in two days. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. And, and then that's what I, what I was excited about having golf on the calendar. So Matt uh, is the one that's running that for us. Matt Miranda? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's at the Memorial Park Golf yeah. Course. Nice. So two, I always the two of the hardest things I had to learn how to do when I got sober because it's kind of like you got I, I don't know I have a bad back so sometimes mm-hmm. I have to like relearn how to walk yeah yeah and I had to relearn how to play golf sober right I was so used to that and fishing right I always had a drink in my hand <laughs> right so it was like I was a beginner again so seeing <laughs> golf on here excites me because I'm able to <laughs> Donnie had to relearn how to drive sober I had to learn how to do everything sober. <laughs> I had to learn how to be a human. Listen, I, I smoked pot almost daily for 26 years from wake up until, you know, pass out time, whatever you want to call it. What do they say? Wake and bake? Wake and wake, bake. Yeah. Wake and bake until pass out. And when I stopped smoking pot, like nobody, I did it so much that nobody knew. knew I, nobody ever questioned me, right? Because I've been doing it every day for so long. But when I quit, I had people going, hey, are you okay today? There's something weird about you. <laughs> I'm a little bit lower today. <laughs> You're not quite the same. <laughs> Your anger's out of control. I definitely had to learn how to drive sober. That was crazy. I think it's important. So let's talk about the aspect around why community is important because we need each other. I think that I feel some sort of spiritual connectivity when I get to hang out with other people. Um, There's a camaraderie. There's a a craving that I have for others, and I didn't know I had. Would you agree with that? Oh, most definitely. Uh, You can't – to me, I I hate when someone says, oh, I did this by myself or I did this on my own. Like, no, you didn't. (laughs) Yeah. In one way, shape, or form, you had somebody showing you what to do. It might have been showing you the wrong way of doing it. Right. But that person still assisted you by showing you that bad example. So I strongly believe that – that the quote that you are who you surround yourself with, mm-hmm. I didn't realize how true that was until I changed my environment right. and got like-minded people around me. Right. I think water seeks its own level, right? So when oh, you yeah. hang out with those doing doing good and doing sober things, then um, it naturally caves into me and who I get to become. Yeah, most yeah. definitely. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back. 
listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. I'm your host, Heather Mosier. In studio with me today is co-host Donnie Mosier and my good friend Kevin Woods from the Phoenix, Houston. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. So we can be listened to anytime on the iHeartRadio app. Uh-huh. Just look up Relevant Recovery Radio. Or you can listen to us on Sundays at 1 p.m. Central on KPRC 950. Yep, that's true. All right, so Kevin, let's talk about your journey to recovery. How did you even end up here? Did you dabble with drugs and alcohol? Uh, <laughs> I doubled with uh, alcohol just a little bit. Okay. Uh, uh, so when I, I got out of the service, I came home and I started, I didn't have that, that sense of purpose anymore. I didn't right. have that feeling like I was doing something for someone to be proud of me or something like right. that. I've always tried to keep my reputation real high. Mm-hmm. And having that feeling of not being good enough yeah. got to me real bad. Where I was, uh, struggled real bad with depression and anxiety, and started self-medicating with alcohol, and that led me to three different suicide attempts. Mm. And where my family was trying to get me treatment behind mm. my back because they would say I have a problem. They'd always see my shakes. I'm like, I shake no matter what. <laughs> right. And uh, I ended up getting in a wreck on December first, 2016, and was charged with uh, intoxicated assault initially. And mm-hmm. I had a really good lawyer, paid a lot of money, got it dropped down uh-huh. to yeah. a misdemeanor. Luckily. Uh, so I didn't lose too many rights. Now, were you a were you a drinker from like like teen years through the service, or did you really start after the service? So I I did drink in high school. I actually had alcohol poison in high school. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, I drank a th- fifth of Everclear one night, Ooh. and then someone slipped me a Xanax. And oh up no! In the hospital, and I told I guess I told my sister I was in the hospital bed. Don't uh, don't tell mom and dad that I've been drinking. <laughs> Wow. Well, that catheter is telling you, <laughs> telling on you. Might be a clue. <laughs> so, uh, so, but I mean, it was typical party high school, you know, yeah. right? High Experimentation. It yeah, it wasn't like the the thing. And then whenever I got out, I called myself a party holic. Yeah, mm. I was one of those ones that like if we're drinking. I just like to party. It's time to drink, and it's, I was paying for everything. It's go time. So I had a lot of friends, or quote unquote friends, yeah, that, that wanted to to drink. Where you know, would go to the bar and. Minimal bar tab, $200, $300. Yeah. We used to, it was our joke at the bar that I'm a drunk. I'm not an alcoholic because alcoholics quit drinking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I was a real bad party holic. And, uh, and I, you know, nothing against the people I was around. They're, they're good people. Right. Just our lives didn't align. So. And it sounds like mm-hmm. you have, have a good family too. Oh, yeah. Definitely. You know, so no yeah. like, like horrible childhood. Oh, parents no. didn't love you. No, you that, know, that was, that was the hardest thing is when I walked out. Of, my parents always said, if you end up in jail, we're going to leave you in there. I did too. And I, <laughs> don't call did, me. They, they my did mom, not lie. My mom always got me out. <laughs> not God me. I love her. She always got me my out. My dad might put a little money on my books, but yeah. <laughs> he would not bail me out. She could make them commissary cakes. I need yeah. a commissary. They got me out, but they made me sit in there, and that that wasn't fun. You know, yeah. I always say I'm too pretty. My hands are too soft to be in jail. <laughs> uh, so, but whenever I walked out of jail and I saw the look on my mom's face, like that, broke her heart, broke your mom's heart. That was probably the lowest I've ever felt yeah. in my life was seeing that that look on my mom's Especially face. Especially with with like you were saying, your personality type of like you take a lot of pride in yourself oh, yeah. and achievement, and to destroy this mother, this woman who gave birth to you and loves you like that, just had to really be a blow to your ego. Oh yeah, yeah. Like uh, I, I tell my tell my wife all the time that you know I, I always want my name, my last name on the back of my belt, just because that that's something that you can kind of take pride in. Like you see yeah. all the old timers with, with yeah, their name on true. the belt, mm-hmm. and it's something that you know that reputation that they feel proud of. Like I want to display right. who I am. So your, I, I your heritage, work. your family, yeah. your family name. Yeah. So I I, I try to. S- 
to work every day to earn that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm my worst critic, so I don't think I've earned it yet. Right. So that's what I work for. And then see my mom's face, I was like, no oh. belt for me, uh, <laughs> except for probably one going across my, my rear end. But, <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah. So uh, how long did you drink heavily like that after the service? How long did that cycle go on? A little over four years. So mm-hmm. I got out August 28, 2012, and then was arrested December 21st, 2016. So. And is that when you got sober, when you got arrested? Yep. That was my last alcohol at roughly around 745 at night. Wow. I got sober in 2016, too. Oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> And so you go to jail for how long? What was that experience like? Uh, I was there for almost 24 hours. Okay. I guess they started feeling bad for me. My parents did. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, so they got me out and uh, then I went back to my house and I didn't have uh, transportation for a little while where if I needed to go get food, my parents came, picked me up and got food because mm-hmm. I didn't want to be tempted right. to go somewhere. So. You needed to be separated yeah. physically. And so then... Now you're looking at charges. Now you're looking at court. You're looking at repercussions for it. Consequences. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's that like? Uh, one of my favorite shows was Beyond Scared Straight yeah. mm. until I went to jail. Yeah. And then anytime I locked up, mm-hmm. that show locked up, I think it's called Locked Up. That's Locked Up, like, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, every time I'd see it, like I would... Well, I was scared. One, one time they filmed a scared straight episode in the jail in Oklahoma that I was currently uh, an inmate in, and I worked commissary. And so I remember we were downstairs coming back from commissary, and the scared straight people were filming, and they ran behind, but we had to turn like with our backs to not be filmed because mm-hmm. we weren't in that part. But I was like, oh, I've been in scared straight. <laughs> I was an inmate yeah. locked up. But I think my mom warned me about girls like you. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Probably. I, I took pride in the fact that I was on Scared Straight. On the inside. <laughs> on the yeah. inside, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. But so you're saying that emotional appeal of the gravity of the situation, you're like, in my, you're like something's got to change. Oh, Were yeah. you aware that it was the alcohol, that it was yeah. a problem for you? Uh, yeah. Actually, when I was sitting in jail, I knew that my life needed to change. Right. But the only way your life can change is if you are that change. Yeah. So I, I knew that alcohol was just going to lead me right back there or dead because each one of my suicide attempts I was drunk with right. because everyone would see the happy go lucky Kevin they saw the party you're paying right. for things and they saw that experience that you know but yeah. light sells and but no one knew what happened right. once that door shut and I was by myself by yourself. and then that's when the darkness came over what about your service where did you serve I served in the Navy I did a five years I did a Persian wow. Gulf tour and then a Western Pacific tour also. thank Ooh. you for your service thank that's you. amazing absolutely and so, we always hear about uh, my granddad was a retired lieutenant colonel. My dad was in the service. My dad wanted me to go in the service, and my granddad actually talked me out of it because I was a bad kid. <laughs> you weren't you weren't capable of falling in line. And- well, I was a what they call a section eight because I had already been incarcerated for a year before I was eighteen in rehab. Oh. Uh, so they wouldn't let me in, and I've always regretted that I didn't get to go in. But I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get to serve. But what I was sort of wanting to reference is the idea of, and it happens to so many servicemen when they come back from tours, like the 22, right? Yeah. The How many suicides and how many, and do you think that alcohol was a contributor to the feeling of suicide or do you think it was medication to the feeling of suicide? It was a medication. Self-medication. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Because whenever I was around people and I was being liked and, you know, stuff like that and that kind of went away. Yeah. But as soon as I was by myself, I had nothing else to, you know, try to be the, the class clown. My mom always said I was a class clown. I don't <laughs> believe her, but uh, 
when I wasn't that person and I was my true self, mm-hmm. your purpose got stripped. Then, yeah. Who am I was, without this? So yep. basically, you lost your your service family. Yeah, exactly. And, and you're yeah. left with you. Yep. Like yeah. The, the, the brotherhood is is indescribable. Right. You, you can have brothers and you know brothers in Christ and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but brothers in the service is. To it's me, a special, a different, different bond. Ball game. Yeah. That is what I regret. I was in a motorcycle club for quite a while where the president was a retired Navy and the vice president was retired Navy, like 24 years each. Um, and just to listen to him talk about it. The brotherhood was, level. Yeah. It sounds amazing. Like it's true brotherhood. Yeah, like, like a Christian brotherhood, but like it's real life and death type brotherhood. Uh, yeah. Like I just uh, talked to a guy that worked for me when I was in yesterday. And it's the first time we spoke since I got out, but it seemed like. We were still on the boat together. Picked up right where you left off. Yeah, that's so there's great. a forever and, bond there. And I've been out since almost 10, oh, goodness gracious, almost <laughs> 10 years now. Uh, so, so when you got out of jail and you come home, you're like, everything's got to change. I got to do something different. And so you relied on accountability with your family, your parents to mm-hmm. take you to the store or whatever. And then I think you had told me before we started recording that you like locked yourself up yeah. for like three weeks or something yeah. like in your room. Yeah. So I I did that. I locked myself up. Then I had uh, one friend uh, named Dan and we went out to celebrate a friend's birthday or something like that. And it's, some people were asking me if I wanted a beer, and I was like, no, no, I don't. And then they kept, like, trying to push me. And then he stood up and was like, if he doesn't want a beep beer, <laughs> yeah. then he's not going to drink a beer. Leave him the beep alone. Right. And, nice. And I was like, that is – and to this a, day, he's the only one that I still – communicate with that's amazing that he helped. that's a friend that's, that's somebody who cares friend. about your well-being oh yeah 100 yeah. how amazing don't go anywhere we're going to take a quick break you're listening to relevant recovery radio we will be right back Welcome back. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. We've got my host, Donnie, and me, and my friend, Kevin, with the Phoenix Houston. And we're chit-chatting about sobriety and physical activity and recovery in, in the community. Yeah, um, and we are sponsored. We'll do that little quick thing. We are sponsored by Matthew's Hope Foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll give you all the details at the end of the podcast on how you can get in touch with them if you need detox services. Mm-hmm. And you can hear us on iHeartRadio anytime on the iHeartRadio app or on Sundays at 1 p.m. on KPRC 950. And grab a pen and paper. I'll give you the phone number, the website, and Kevin will give you all the Facebook tags and, and phone numbers for the Phoenix Houston uh, when, at the end of the show. Yeah. All right. So you locked yourself up for how many weeks? About three. And so how did you end up staying sober? What sort of things that did, did you decide to do in that early few weeks and months that made all the difference? So I reached out to one guy, uh, Chad, and I said he was the only person I knew that was sober. And he has a he had a a past with with drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, what did he, he said? Stay busy. And he's yeah. like, I'd, I'd switch to the gym. And I mean, that dude's swollen now. But, <laughs> yeah. So, so a lot of people did, go that route. Yeah, gym did him good. But I ended up meeting a guy uh, named Mike Nash, actually in a bar of all places. <laughs> okay. But this was about a year later. And we were there watching a, a friend of ours, Adam, who plays in a band called Blackbird, Blackbird Anthem, and he's an Army guy. And we started talking about boots because I was wearing a pair of uh, Parakaroo, uh, their, their bass, uh, Amazon bass boots, and he's wearing elephant skin boots. Mm-hmm. So we were talking about boots, and then since his was elephant, he was like, and the ant and the elephant, they say this. And I was like, what's the ant and the elephant? <laughs> and it was a book. And so we started talking a little bit more. 
And then when, that night I left, like, that's someone's shoes that I would trade with. I want to be more on his level. I love, love the way he articulates everything, where he is mm-hmm. in life. And at that time, he was an executive director for a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. So we met up again, and then he started talking about this book called The Code of the Extraordinary Mind by, Vish, by Vishen Lakiani. And there's a chapter in there, and me being a Navy guy, there was some bad language in there that <laughs> spoke to my oh, yeah. to my ear. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I could read this book. <laughs> right. That book completely changed my life. Really? And what's it called a, again, the, the name? The Code of the Extraordinary the Mind. The Code of Extraordinary Mind. So he, he makes up this one rule called Brules, and it's a cow manure rule. Okay. A bull boop, rule. Okay. And it talks about, um, you know, it if you see wet paint, there's that rule, don't pet don't touch that paint because right. it's wet. Then you have other rules that they're not really a rule. They're just something someone's telling you not to do just, just, because. just because. And he talks about escaping uh, the culture scape, escaping the environment. So like where I grew up was Texas City. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you graduate high school, you either go to the service or you go work out in the plants. That's right. your environment. Mm-hmm. That's what you should do. Escape it. Right. Do what's best for you. Right. So then I started diving more and more into books where I ended up reading I think I got like 36 done in one in my first year. I think I'm at like 70 books now. Wow. But from that, I got to gain a bunch of knowledge from other people right. and kind of critique it to to make it my own. So you went on like a, a information research, oh, yeah. you know, period. I don't know what right. you call it. Yeah. Which led me to more more friends that were now like-minded. mentors of mm-hmm. mine. And they all drink alcohol, but yet they do it responsibly right. and they do it in a way that doesn't they're, destroy they're, their life. Exactly. <laughs> they don't catch felonies. Yeah. And, exactly. <laughs> and uh, and they're all extremely successful people, like Jay Shaw and Tim Stroud. Like they're all great people. So, and so what these th- this thing is teaching you to do is stop putting yourself in a box. Yep. And expand your ability, expand your capability, and go try something new. Think and get outside out there. the box, yeah. expand your environment, expand your <clears throat> world experiences, yep. and, and see what surround can surround yourself with good people. Yep. Yeah. And like I said, the people I hung out with before, they weren't bad people. They just, our lives didn't align. And Different lifestyles. One thing I learned was you run with one, you chase one, and you have one chase you. So you run or you chase somebody mm-hmm. of where you want to be. So, you know, like the, if you're into finance, like the Grant Cardone, like you're going to chase that guy. You're going to run with somebody that is equal to you where you can grow together. But then you mentor right. someone else, kind of like I guess like an AA, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, and that's the what sponsor somebody, right? Yeah, so. and that's kind of what you and I are doing in church right now. Right, <clears throat> we're both in a twelve-step fellowship in church, and we're both in a different twelve-step for the original twelve-step fellowship uh, separately. And then uh, in that the church one, I have a mentor, mm-hmm. and I just met with her for the first time last night. And it sounds like that's what you did is you found ways to fill your mind and your life with new information that could mentor you along a different path and and hold you. A accountable to make some changes right because we're in a group right then yep. we're doing it together yep, but then with. each of us are seeking people that have what we want spiritually yeah and they're going to guide us and mentor us and so we're shooting for that to get to that level i love that idea was spirituality uh, an important aspect of oh, your recovery huge. yeah okay yeah no if it, if it wasn't for god obviously i wouldn't be here still here because he right. kept me on this earth for mm-hmm. a reason right and that's why i decided to come over to the Phoenix, mm-hmm. one of the main things is I've always felt like my passion is to, to spread my knowledge of what I do have. Mm-hmm. And I was in the veteran nonprofit, but I was only tie, tied to veterans. Mm-hmm. And actually the veterans that were in treatment court. Right. 
So I had a small group of people I was able to touch. So I wanted to go out and, and do more and do more in the Phoenix. Whenever I saw they had a job opening, I've never felt God speak to me <laughs> yep. the way yeah. it was. And I plot, I didn't even read over my resume. I just sent my resume in. I was like, this is where God wants me. This is where he's yep. going to place me. Yep. And, and it, you That's know, exactly what happened with, that, with Matthew's help. It yeah. was just God, 1,000%. And, uh, you know, the it, it's my beliefs it's not i'm not you know yeah we don't push it on yeah and no but it gets you in front of a wider audience listen the the fellowship that she and i are in there is a belief that everybody gets to believe in the god of their understanding Mm -hmm. um i don't put on them what i have and they don't put on me what they have but we're allowed to have what we have which is jesus and the beauty (laughs) is is that i have taken men who are ready for growth who are ready for something more in god and 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 Shown them to Jesus, and and they were willing and wanted to. And one of our friends who's moving away tomorrow, I'm sad yeah, about it. But he, love him. Um, he was just in a place where worshiping this symbol of God wasn't enough anymore. He wanted he needed to grow. a real relationship, a real something mm. more tangible of what was God to him. Do you think that there is an, a correlation between physical activity and spiritual connectivity? If so, how? Well, one hundred percent. Because it's it's just like physical is mental as mm-hmm. well like your mental health cannot grow without physical i agree at all and right. it's one of those things that yeah you know people can grow mentally mm-hmm. i'm not saying that you can't without physical right but i think you're holding yourself back i'm probably holding myself back but, yeah do you wish yeah. that <laughs> listen is there any does the phoenix have anything on here called puffy chair sitting <laughs> That's my physical uh, we, activity. We do, have, <laughs> we do have virtual events that you can yeah. do from your couch. Maybe so that she could do it. Do you have one that's called going listen, to the fridge listen, for listen. more bread and Red Bull? I think yeah. that I, I know that y'all were talking about bicycling. I'm going to let you talk about bicycling oh, more okay. in just yeah. a second. But oh. I just really feel like Proverbs 28 says only the rick- wicked run when no one's chasing them. And so I'm not going to run. Like, that's just not happening. Um, you can run to the refrigerator for, uh, right? for bread and run, Red Bull. Run spelled backwards is nerve. And that's a nerve for me. Yeah. I'm just not doing it. Um, but Donnie, you just signed up for like some bicycle thingy. Yeah, 56-mile ride. Well, and it's through the fellowship. So there's uh, – I. so it goes back to what you were saying. You know, one of the only things that I can remember – I'll try and do the teeth. Joel Osteen, oh. right? Something that he always said that really has stuck with me. And it's sort of hilarious when you hear it, but it makes so much sense. You can't fly with the eagles if you're hanging with, with the, the chickens, chickens. right? <laughs> and it's who you surround yourself with. I think that's really, really important. And so when I'm surrounding myself with people who are living a sober spiritual lifestyle, naturally we're going to rub off on each other. And and I have that to lift me up, mm-hmm. that we're chasing that together, just like you're talking about. And so there's a group of guys that I'm very close with in the, the fellowship, and we're doing the bait the Baytown YMCA Gator Ride, and it's I a, almost signed up for that. Yeah, it's a fifty. I think it's a fifty-three mile ride. See, this doesn't appeal to me at all. Well, see, my, my bike's kind of hard to get into those type of rides because yeah. I ride a tri bike, so that a lot of people don't let arrow bars in. Yeah, I what guess it's kind of like Harley's versus like a Honda Rebel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Honda Rebels <laughs> don't like to ride with Harleys and vice versa. <laughs> well, uh, Rebels like to ride with Harleys. Harleys don't like riding with with Honda Rebels. And I have the Harley, while you know, road cyclists have the Honda Rebels. Honey, yep. what do you yeah. have? Do you have a Rebel? 
Yeah, he's got a, <laughs> he's got a red bot. It's a, it's a rebel. No, it's it's a hybrid. Oh, uh, okay. And, and a Harley. So I'm good he on has both, both counts. <laughs> okay. yeah. And you were saying you do like triathlons yeah. and stuff too. Yeah. So uh, part of my uh, mentoring that I was I was getting, they were doing a triathlon in Oklahoma. That's in, where I'm from. In Tulsa. Yeah, that's where I'm from. Born and uh, raised. And <sighs> I got dared to do it. And next thing you know, I was like, well, you dared me to do it. I got to do it. I don't drink anymore, so I don't make that dumb decision. Let me make another <laughs> dumb decision to get in a triathlon. Listen, but, I don't need alcohol to make bad decisions. Yeah, well, I both think of you alcohol have, was a little bit cheaper than triathlon was, but... <laughs> I'm surprised that both of you haven't drank going to Oklahoma. That's a bad decision. Listen... I'm married in Oki, so... Uh, so me did he. too. If yeah. triggers were real, we'd probably all be drinking. But thank God we're connected to God today. <laughs> yeah. I actually met my wife in church, so, you know... <laughs> Very cool. Um, this has been a good show. Hold up. We're going to take a quick break. We're gonna, we are gonna. have one more segment left. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. We will be right back. Relevant Recovery Radio. You can check us out on the iHeartRadio app or you can check us out on Sundays on KPRC 950 at 1 p.m. Uh, we're back with the Donnie and Heather show. Oh my God. This is. <laughs> oh my God. It has a nice little ring to it. I mean, it really does. It yeah. sounds better than Heather and Donnie. I, mean, I, I don't just know. think of like Donnie and Marie Osmond every time you say that. And I'm like, oh no. Like, oh, that brings back bad memories for me. Because that's, I mean, when I was in elementary, that was the era. That's our how younger old I am. listeners have no clue who we're talking about. The Brady Bunch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we got Kevin in studio with Donnie and Heather, and we are talking about really mind, body, and spirit, right? In sobriety, we're talking about. Ways that I can exercise all three of them and, and how being around a fellowship and doing things sober with sober people who are, have a spiritual practice, who just want better from life and the benefits of it. Um, that's why I love what all this stuff that the Phoenix does because it's all free with 48 hours of that's sobriety. That's the crazy part. When like, I said, what does it cost? You're like 40 hours, 48 hours of sobriety. I'm like, what? Okay. Right. All right. Yeah. I mean, where can you go rock climbing right, for, for 48, free. 48 hours of sobriety? I mean, have you ever looked into yoga memberships? Yoga is not cheap. Yeah. And so I was just looking at some of the stuff that y'all have left this month. Um, on like the 27th, you have yoga, um, and it's in Katy. And then you still have... And they have it every Tuesday as well. Yeah. And so what's yep. so cool, y'all have this H-Town Sober Chili Cook-Off on the 26th, which is this coming Saturday. Yeah. Well, what well, is that? Real quick, because huh. people that are listening, if they're like me, they're not just listening, they're on their phone right now. So if you want, while you listen to this, go to the phoenix.org forward slash app and you can download this and be checking it out while we talk about or it any, or the google app store or apple right that's what i did store apple okay store. whatever your app yeah modality is on your smartphone you can just Modali- look up modality modality that's a big what, word that's listen it's an oklahoma word <laughs> she makes i have a list of words that she makes up all the time <laughs> yesterday oh you're from houston well sort we don't of. even know well okay sort of i'm from from T-Town, Tech City. But okay. you know Houston. Oh, yeah. yeah. And she said that she had a resource <laughs> now this. in humble Atascataka. Oh, I said Atacatosha. Atacat. And I said... <laughs> <laughs> she went, she went Good right... Good thing this is a video to see my face. <laughs> right. She went right past and I said, hold up. I'm going to need you to go backwards. Humble and what? Atacatosha. 
I said, it's called a Tascacita. She goes, whatever. <laughs> Don't really matter, Donnie. We not. know where I'm talking about. Oklahoma's <laughs> finest. My words are fine. So, yeah, I want people to download the Phoenix app. I think it's a beautifully well-done app. I don't know who did your app, um, but it navigates very well. You can look at the other groups in other cities. Yep. Um, you can sign up for things and register for things and, and get save your spot when there's not a lot of spots for some of these events that are more uh, inclusive. Yep. You know, and so it's just an amazing app. It's really well done. And it's what I love about it, too, is there's so much on here that has to do with physical health, getting out and doing something. Yeah. Um, what I see a lot of times in the recovery world is people stop drugs and alcohol and get fat. They become sedentary. They're not doing stuff. They're not out. I mean, I did it. You did it at first. I went from 280 getting sober to 340. Uh, before I lost the weight. And, and then was, you were forced to change everything. I had to change everything because I was basically eating myself to death. Mm-hmm. And so my sponsor that I have now um, is real big on the idea that when we're going through the steps, we get through them quickly and we get out and sponsor and we're, we start working this spiritual life. But one of the things that I always ask a new guy before I take him through the steps is, are you willing to look at health and exercise at some point? Because we all need it. Because how good is it if I'm in a spiritual program and I'm getting close to God, right? How good is that if I'm trashing my body and I'm going to die early? And that's like what you're, you're not saying. Taking is, care of that temple. It's like that's what it. am I missing? Because I'm not a big active person. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's why we do watercolor painting. I <laughs> yeah, mean, that I get it, down still, with. A lot, a lot of people don't understand how active that that truly is. Like yeah. you're working out your mind to pull the to pull those uh, creative. Juices but you'd have to get Heather to get out of the house. Listen. To, well, we do have virtual <laughs> classes, so she could do it. But you can't paint on your computer screen. Just know that. Says who? Why are you putting God in a box, Donnie? Yeah, so that, that's another good thing is like all of our events. So like say like our bike rides. If you mm-hmm. come to a bike ride, you don't have a bike, you can contact us and we'll loan you a bike wow. for that event. That's so. really cool. And I'm really seriously looking at that. So you do it every Saturday yep. from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. along Buffalo Bayou. That is fantastic. I'm excited mm-hmm. about the the spooky, spooky Strand Ghost Tour. I like ghosts and supernatural stuff. Yeah. That looks so cool. And and so when we look at it, and and Heather can attest to this um, because she sees me in my worst, but the majority of the time, my best. If we look at my what? <laughs> what? I mean, the, in I'm comparison saying, to what? And most Drunk of the time, <laughs> <laughs> but when I'm in my best. Um, is when your physical act, physical activity. Yeah, I have a spiritual practice in the morning or during the day, right? Um, I'm reading, right? When I'm reading before bed, I'm exercising my mind. And then not only am I watching what I eat and being mindful about that, there's some form of exercise. Like when the weather is nicer, when it's, I, I usually stop around 50 degrees. I'm on my bike every morning, 14 miles a day. Because when I do all three of those things, mind, body, and spirit, mm-hmm. I'm pretty untouchable. Like, yeah. Life le- you're le- less intense, that's for sure. And what? that benefits my life. Yeah, my <laughs> wife can tell whenever I haven't been training or anything. She mm-hmm. knows yeah. that. And it used to be golf. She used to be like, you should go play golf this weekend. I mean, how many wives tell their husbands that? Yeah. That's well, yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's but, a keeper. Right is there. Your, your wonderful Oki wife, is she in recovery or is she no, normie? No, she, uh, she, whenever we met, she really, she's just not a... Normal person. Yeah. You, you yeah, didn't she's, hear not a, she's from Oklahoma. She's in recovery from something. Yeah. <laughs> from Oklahoma, <laughs> sounds like. Well, her dad Me got too. down here as quick as possible. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she's never really been a drinker or a party or anything Very like cool. that. So that's what 
I think has helped me out tremendously. And she has a very nurturing, mm. loving soul where she's mm-hmm. there to support me. How'd you in, meet your in, wife? In Did you church? meet her in sobriety? Yeah, I was. Uh, I just hit a year sober. There you go. Whenever I met her. Same with me and Donnie. I just. I was uh, 14 months sober when I met you. Yeah. She doesn't believe me, but when she walked in a small group, I was like, "That's the woman I want to marry." She doesn't believe me. <laughs> you met her in church, small yeah, group. How small amazing! Group. Yeah. God, so look up what God does. Exactly. Hashtag God though. Hashtag God though. So give us some information. How can we talked about the app? How else can people find the Phoenix stuff? So you can go to our website, the Phoenix mm-hmm. You can go to our app. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, the Phoenix Houston. Mm-hmm. We're on there as well. Uh, or you could reach out to me at kwoods at thephoenix.org, and uh, I'd be happy to, to steer you. And if you want to volunteer, you can go to our website, and you can hit click the volunteer, and you can get going on that. And here's what I love. I don't want to skate past this. Go ahead. Right? Because we go still ahead. have another segment. No, we don't. This is the last one. <laughs> but I don't want to skate past the fact that um, – you didn't need a twelve-step program because you got you were already you were in church and you you had God. Yeah, you were already right. seeking God oh, right yeah. away. Yeah. Because that's what we we always Heather and I try to impress upon people is the idea of the twelve steps. The idea of that organization is to get you to God. And and we don't have a monopoly on God. People can get to God in a lot of different ways. Right. That's the awesome thing about the Phoenix is it doesn't matter which way that you've gotten sober. It doesn't matter if you went to AA in a treatment, whatever you yeah. did. That doesn't matter because we have that community of people from every different aspect right. of life where you're able to come yeah. together and grow that network. Around and do you, you do you do a lot of these? Are you there? Oh, Are you I'm, out there? I'm there as much as I can. Okay. I, do, I enjoy the rock climbing, of course, the golf. Yeah. Uh, the H Town Sober Cookoff. We partnered up with some uh, some people in the community, some other organizations, and we're going to put together that sober chili cookoff. Where this is so exciting. So. Yeah. Go get the app, either in the iPhone store or the Android store, or go to the phoenix.org forward slash app. And so I'm looking at this H-Town Sober Chili Cook-Off. It's this Saturday, and there's different teams, and they're competing for all kinds of stuff, and there's raffles. It's at the Fairhaven United Methodist Church at 1330 Gessner Road. Um, and you can go to h for more information about that event specifically. H-TownSoberChiliCookoff.com. And also, if you you would like information about the Matthews Hope Detox and Recovery Program, uh, we have two websites. The first one is www.matthewshope.org, and that's for the foundation. And the other one is www.matthewshopedetoxandrecoveryprogram.com. I know, it's long. I didn't pick it. I don't know who approved that, but that's what it is right now. Um, but if you have any questions, you can just give us a call. We have a phone number, 844-263-4673. Or if you would like to give us feedback about the Relevant Recovery Radio Show, you can email me at hmosier at matthewshope.org. Thank you. And don't forget, you can listen to us on the iHeart Radio app or Sundays at 1 p.m. on KPRC 950. And don't forget, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. Hashtag God, though.